saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Well, Matt, fellow adventurers, we are going back to Sir Croakington and we're going back to Sangard Island to take part in the adventures that will be there. Starting with footsteps. Just after midnight, you are roused from slumber by the sound of footsteps in a corridor outside your quarters in Sangard Keep. Well, presumably, I took at least the third room offered to me. And then spent a lot of time checking it for traps. Because it is Sangard. And people get a bit murdery there. Because there are a lot of schemes going on in Sangard. And I have no idea how many they are, or what they're for. But there are definitely schemes. Here we go. It is the distant echo of footfalls in the passage outside your quarters in Sangard Keep that rouses you from your light sleep and inexplicably fills you with a deep sense of dread. The pale light of the moon shines into your small room through a lone, thin window high in the east wall and a quick glance through the lofty portal betrays the hour sometime not long after midnight. Instinctively, you gather up your belongings and hurriedly ready yourself attempting to dress and equip yourself as quietly as possible. Except, of course, for the fat wing of disguise, that's always equipped. As, you, as your footsteps fade into the distance, you steal forward into the door of your chamber and unlatch it, drawing the weighty oaken club slowly inward and peering around it into the weighty open slab, slowly inward, peering around it into the unlit quarrel. Corridor, twenty yards away to your right, a lone figure, garbled in robes and hooded, reaches the end of the hall and quickly looks from side to side before turning into a passage on the left. You carefully close your door and move swiftly along the corridor in pursuit. You reach the corner of the passage and cautiously peer around it, much to surprise. The robed hooded figure. Now, obviously, that of a slightly built man. Hmm. Like Lucarin, perhaps. Is no more than ten yards away, standing before a door set in the left wall of the corridor. You recall that this door is normally guarded, as are many of the doors and passages of the keep. But tonight, there appears to be no guard in sight. Hmm. Curious. The figure pushes open and steps through, closing it softly behind himself. You wait for several moments, and then you move up to the door. After listening for a minute, almost a minute, you become convinced that whoever just opened it is no longer on the other side. You gently open the door, and find yourself at the top of a steep and narrow set of stairs, spiralling down into the shadows. Flickering lamps hang from iron pegs driven into the walls at sem semi-regular intervals, their dim light making your descent less treacherous than it might have otherwise proven in total darkness. 
As you near what you perceive to be the bottom of the stairs, you instinctively hear the closing of the door from somewhere below. You reach the bottom of the steps and arrive at a wide passage that stands at a closed door nearly 20 yards from where you now stand. Certain this is the door you heard closed while you were descending the stairs. Move swiftly along the corridor, and when you were within 10 yards of the door, voices from behind the ancient wooden slabs suddenly shatter your silence. You, you cover the distance. The cover will remain with the distance and carefully press your ear up against the door in an effort to hear what is being said on the other side. You can make out three voices, two deep and gravelly, the third thin and rasping, all equally menacing. By the sound of it, the discussion is passionate, and quite heated. She will be dealt with, says the thin voice, but not like the last one. You, could have, you two could have easily done it already. But again, I've trusted myself to utter incompetence. Bite your tongue, fool, snarls one of the deeper voices. You shouldn't forget your manners, and even your allegiance. You've been among them just a bit too long. There was always danger in that. This is pointless, grumbles another deep voice. It will be done at the time of his choosing and not before. Besides, she of whom you speak may prove useful for the next small while. Your plans are hardly interrupted by it either way. Go about your work, and leave our matters be. Here is the bag. They are burned and of no use to anyone now. Have you learned anything of the book? I... I have not yet recovered it. And indeed, the trail seems to have gone cold. This is the thin, rasping voice. I've no doubt the girl had it at the inn, but it's hardly time to search for it. The only other possibility is she so possesses it, and that would be most disheartening. Perhaps we best take the wheel book from under the nose of the masked thane, growls the first deep voice. I'd rather trust our lot to it than to some copy scrawled in haste. Hmm. Alright, so... Whatever these people are, they are not allied with Thane Mazabak. So if there is schemes on this island, but Mazabak isn't behind all of them. And, and, and Thane Poland either. Thane Poland is scheming, but... I roughly know what his scheme is. It's... Stop Thane Mazabak. <laughs> Who he assumes is probably planning a coup or something. Uh, by all means, if you have the metal, have at it. This is the hint voice of Mr. Eisen. You'll sooner be without your head than outside his chamber with that book. We will find the other. It is close. I have foreseen it. And I am seldom wrong on such matters. You will do well to remember that. You will do well to remember that our allegiance is not owed to this human lord or any of his meek subordinates, growls the second deep voice. Find the book. We shall see to the west. The conversation abruptly ceases. 
and, and you can plainly hear two sets of feet shuffling in the direction of the door. You realise at once you must act immediately if it's to keep from being discovered. Got a lot of options. I could just attempt to reach the stairs before the door opens. But that probably would be noisy. I could remain where I am and confront whoever is behind the door. I could use telekinesis, illusion or thievery. If I had any idea what fat shadow magic was and it was above level 60, I could use that. But I don't, so I it don't and it isn't, so I can't. You know what, I'll just remain where I am, honestly. Whatever these people are planning, it's probably bad. Probably bad. <laughs> remain where I am. You boldly hold your ground in the middle of the passage, directly before the door, eager to confront whoever might step through it. The door swings open and two cloaked figure two cloaked and hooded figures step into the passage while the figures walk on two legs. While the, while the two figures walk on legs, they are far from human. Your heart skips a beat when they wake their heads to face you, revealing broad, flat, reptilian snouts that poke out of the, the pool of gloom cast by their oversight hoods. The two figures before you are Tarzel, and they appear to be in the process of changing into human form. The pair of reptilians hiss viciously and immediately draw their swords, which burst into flame the moment they emerge from their sheaths. It's plainly evident these two creatures have no intention of allowing you to ever leave this passage. Well, if it's Tarzel, then um, it's murder o'clock, because I have yet to meet a good Tarzel. Presumably somewhere deep in the Neverness there's one somewhere. Maybe there's whole communities of them. But those are the ones that don't go around invading, you know, trying to invade other places and realities. So it's probably it's probably self-selecting. You know, like Yeah, you know, like how the the people, the British people that went abroad to conquer people were dicks. <laughs> and you really couldn't judge the rest of them by that. Because the rest of them were probably too big, busy trying to, you know, survive and stuff. Hold your ground and engage the two tarsal. Even before you can mount an attack against the tarsal. The two reptilians level their swords at you, and at least two wide streams of flame. With a deafening roar, the two streams of flame collide and form a surging wave of flame that threatens to consume and incinerate you. Dude, it's a sword and a flamethrower? Which fuses? I could try to dodge the flame, presumably by just jumping over it, or I could use fortification. There again is that mysterious shadow magic. Of course, I ain't know how to get it, because I've played this game about, about a, half a dozen times before. But, Sir Croakington doesn't. So, fortification it is. Succeeded. 16 XP to fortification. A shivering curtain of red sparkles appears before you 
only a split second before the arrival of the wave of flame. The deadly magical fire pours over and around your magical barrier, leaving you untouched beneath. The tuzzle hiss angrily and glance quickly at one another. You spring forward, prepared to make every effort to prevent the tuzzle from repeating the deadly fire attack. But before you can reach them, they raise their hands in, in munison and immediately consumed by a whirling pillar of flame. Hmm. You're forced to fall back and shield your eyes and faces from the intensity of the blaze. Almost as quickly as it appears, the common of fire vanishes, leaving behind no trace of the tuzzle, save for two small charred marks on the floor of the corridor. Hmm. So these guys know the flameaport method that Luakin uses. Alright, presumably they're on the same side. Or maybe they've just uncovered the same secrets about how to flame a port. I mean, for all we know, it's just something you can easily find out if you wander around on Sargon enough. You just, you just wander into the cave and it has big instructions. How to teleport with fire in three easy steps. Note. Steps are actually incredibly difficult and will probably kill you. <laughs> but, hmm. Alright, there we seem to have a faction going on here. We've got Luakuin and the Snakes. We've got Thane Polland and his eight and his agents. And we've got whatever Thane Mazabak is planning. And we don't the only one whose schemes we Vaguely knows Fane Pond, and his is just to maintain the status quo, even though he's bloody miserable with it. Because he doesn't want to He doesn't want to be Thane of, be Fane of crime of crime city. He wants to fight goblins and bandits. You know, adventure. He doesn't want to be an administrator, but he's stuck doing it because. He's ultimately loyal to the king, and if the king said, clean up this city, god darn it, he's going to try. No matter how hard it is. Yes, favourite. Yep. Certain you are now alone in the passage. You keep forward and peer along the door behind which the two Tarzo emerged, eager to resume your pursuit of the road figure you've been trailing. Ah, so two of them remain behind... But the other one has gone ahead. Behind the beyond the door, a narrow corridor runs for several yards and ends at the second door. The door at the end of the new passage is closed. You steal along the short passage and press your ear up to the door, and just intently for any sound that indicates someone was lingering directly behind it. When your efforts are met with silence, you slowly open the door and find yourself at the top of a flight of steep steps spiralling down into darkness. Dude. This is this this place is really separated from the west of the castle. I mean it's not just a secret door. It's a secret door down a secret staircase from a secret corridor for another secret door and then down more secret door corridors and more secret staircases. Clearly if they wanted they if they wanted some if they wanted to hide something here they could hide it very well and easily 
remove it or destroy it in time for in case anyone was you know approaching with intrigue in their heart taking care not to lose your footing on the stairs you begin a cautious descent into the depths of the keep you proceed the bottom of the stairs you reach the bottom of the stair and proceed along a short length of passage that ends at a decayed wooden door the door has been left slightly ajar, and after listening it for several moments and hearing nothing, you slowly push it open and reveal a long, empty corridor. Another door, and another corridor! A quick glance over your shoulder reveals you are still alone. Without further delay, you step cautiously into the door, hall beyond the door, and silently swing the half-watted slab back into place behind you. Alright, and now... We're on a dungeon map. Because there's even more secret passages beyond all these other secret passages. You're standing at the far western end of a long, broad passage. The corridor is lit at odd intervals by lamps dangling from iron pegs, dug, thrust into heavy stone blocks that make up the walls. Some of the lamps are dark, but most continue to flicker dimly, emitting a pale yellow glow seems to lend a more sinister character to your lonely passage. Though you could easily retreat through the door and ascend your steps, leaving matters as they stand, you are determined to continue your pursuit of the robed figure and attempt to discover the net for nature of his will. Well, I'd, well, I think considering what he just discovered, I don't think we can assume any genders here. His furtive late-night movements. Okay, I'm in the southwest corner of the dungeon, and it's going off to the east. Yes, it's, it's just, it seems to be a long, straight, snaky dungeon. You steal silently along the dim, musty corridor, hoping to catch a glimpse of the shadowy figure, whose distant footsteps now and again reach your ears from the gloom ahead. And we're really not lucky that there's no side passages. Along this corridor, because otherwise I'd have lost that figure long, long ago. Because the thing about stone corridors, they don't leave any footprints. And they're very unlikely to leave convenient bits of cloak, of cloak around for you to just follow. Of course I could still use divination. Alright, keep going east. You steal silently along the dim, musty corridor, hoping to catch a glimpse of the shadowy figure, whose distant footsteps now and again reach your ears out, out from the gloom ahead. Hmm. Thought you've got more ahead in the time I was dealing with those Tarzel, but apparently not. He, she, it, them, us, or whatever other, or whatever other title it may be, was apparently taking a leisurely stroll down here. Right, question mark coming up to the east. Your your cautious progress along the corridor comes to, comes to an abrupt halt as you suddenly find yourself faced with a massive, faintly glowing orb that spans nearly the entire width of the passage. You, you recognise the ghastly silver, silver orb to be a well-crafted and deadly magical stare they will likely unleash the energy it contains upon contact with your living flesh. There's little doubt that, 
whoever it is you're following has left behind this perilous stare to, to deter any would-be intruders. Okay, well that, that explains why she, hadn't, she, he, she, it, or whatever, hadn't got so far ahead. She was stopping every now and again to leave these deadly traps. So I've got a few options here. I could head back west, but that will just... But that will just bring me back here again, so... Because I have to get to the end. I have to know what is going on here. So I could use Arcania. Gating. To just gate past it. Telekinesis to just mentally shove it out of the way. Shadow magic to do something. I could attempt to squeeze past the orb. Oh, this would be so much easier if I was still a toad. Because I could just just crawl under it. Easy peasy. But can't do that now. Because I've been dis I've disguised a human and I cannot take the wing of disguise off when this person could find out who I am. So I'm gonna use a Carnia first. It succeeded. 16 XP to Arcania. Utilising your mastery of Arcania and your own magical abilities, you managed to successfully counteract and dispel the magic that created created the glowing orb. The spear begins to flicker as the magic that gives its substance starts to unravel. Suddenly, without warning, the orb flares brightly and then vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. Hmm. But does my quarry know? Because if I was to leave a trap, I'd probably put some sort of thing in it to warn me when they were getting close so I could t so I'd time to flame teleport out because I assume this person can also flame teleport because apparently everybody knows how to flame teleport around here except me no one ever taught me how to flame teleport why don't you teach me how to flame teleport I want to know how to flame teleport be cool although admittedly I wouldn't want to use it inside because it would totally ruin the carpet. With all these all these little charred circles everywhere. <sighs> Have you been flame teleporting again? Yes. You should go outside first. Don't flame teleport on the tar on the carpet. Or onto the tar carpet. <laughs> yes. So that's the only disadvantage. Okay, that probably also hurts like heck. Football, uh, leaving no trace of itself behind. But if I'd done a track, I would rig, rig, rig it to tell me if if it'd been disarmed. So I have, so I want to lay more traps, escape, put go through even one of the more secret passages here. Or just uh, summon some sort of construct to fight for me. Alright. Keep going east. Now oh, now it's zigzagging its way back the other way. Another question mark to the north. The cautious progress along the corridor comes to abrupt halt as you suddenly find yourself faced with a massive, faintly glowing orb that spans nearly the entire width of the passage. You recognise the ghostly silver ore to be a well-crafted and deadly magical snare that will likely unleash the energy it contains upon contact with living flesh. Oh, that's my flesh is living! 
I think. There is little doubt that whoever it is you're following has left behind this perilous snare to deter any would-be intruders. You get past it in the same way as before. Let's use gating now. Succeeded. 16 XP to gating. You close your eyes as you channel your power of gating. A low, pulsing hum fills the passage as a swirling black portal opens in front of you. You step into the Neville Gate and emerge only a moment later from the second portal, a few yards beyond the, beyond the glowing orb. Suddenly, without warning, the orb flares brightly and then vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. Convenient. Well, oh, there's a little alcove to the north. I'll just explore that. You're standing in a small alcove, just to the north of the corridor you've been following. Hmm, curious. Maybe I could use the skill of feathery to have a closer look. Yes, yes, it worked. 64 experience to feathery. I wasn't 100% sure that would work, but I was, just, I was quite confident. Because as I, as I probably said a few times before, this game is so big, nobody remembers everything about it. Probably not even Matthew Yarrows himself. 64 XP to V3. Your trained eye certainly spots a faint impression around one of the stone blocks in the northern wall of the alcove. A closer examination reveals the block is indeed loose and could be extracted from the wall with relatively little difficulty. After making certain you are still alone in this part of the passage, you set about removing the block from the wall. It takes a few minutes to slide out the weighty piece of stone, but your effort is soon rewarded. For in a small hollow behind the block lies a dust-laden cloth sack. Alright, but what's in the sack? You open the dusty sack and discover it contains three small emeralds, two small rubies, and an ornate dagger with a deep crimson hilt. The palm of the dagger is engraved to resemble a horrifying, scowling face. At the bottom of the bag you find a scrap of tattered, brittle paper. Bearing the word. Versal. You decide to take the items with you. Alright, I've got three emeralds. In the right place, as this small emerald would likely fetch a fair price. Right, I might be selling that later, but I'll probably keep it because it's shiny and unique. Ruby small. In the right place, a small ruby would likely fetch a rare price. And an enhanced... An unidentified red-hilted dagger. Hmm. I wonder if it's related to the red-hilted longsword. Probably not, it's a completely different place, but still. The deep red hilt of this ornate dagger is reminiscent of the colour of blood. The problem with this weapon is engraved to resemble a horrifying, scowling face. This weapon is of magical quality, we know that much, but we don't know anything else because it hasn't been identified yet. After replacing the block of stone in the wall, you're once again ready to set off on your way along the passage. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alright, I'll, I'll try to remember to identify that later, but I might forget, in which case you'll probably just have to look it up on the wiki, or play the game to find out, or just keep watching episodes until I do remember. <laughs> Alright, going west, here's another passive, question mark, it's another one of those deadly orbs. Okay, telekinesis this time. Succeeded. 16 XP to telekinesis. Calling upon your power of telekinesis, you utilize your mastery of mind over matter to gently move the glowing orb to the far side of the passage, taking care not to let it touch the wall. Because apparently it works on operation rules. We'll make a huge buzzing sound if you touch the wall. Your painstaking effort pays off even give just enough room to squeeze past on the right side of the spear. You slip past the orb and into the passage beyond, suddenly, without warning. The orb fl- bright, flares brightly and then vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. How did it even know I got past? How did it know? I didn't touch it. Hmm. Oh well. Well, at least it's not moving to fight to pursue me, because otherwise I'd just have to fight it. Well... I guess I should just be glad that I don't have to worry about them. About sneaking past them on the way back. Okay. I've reached all the way back to the west. As as far west as I was at the start. Now to go north. And there's another question mark. So another one of those orbs. Well, attempt to squeeze past the orb because uh, that's the only option I haven't taken yet. Squeeze past the orb. 
You attempt to slip past the orb, orb without making contact with it. Picking a number. Bonus of 41. 20 from agility. 11 from feathery. Which currently has a skill of 70. So was it 1 6th or something? Yeah. And 10 from luck. Which has fortunately been raised a bit because of all the equipment I got from the start of the giant saga. Got to get 50 or more. Or I will touch the orb. And it will really, really hurt. Pick now. 95 success. You slip past the orb with barely an inch to spare. And are now standing in the middle of the passage just beyond the glowing spear. Suddenly, without warning, the orb flares brightly and then vanishes. Leaving no trace of itself behind. Convenient. Okay, making my way northeast. And now east. And now south again. Here's another one of those orbs. Okay. Because I didn't use shadow magic. Don't have shadow magic yet. I can't use another unique way of getting past it. But I could try to squeeze past it. And maybe we'll fail. And you'll see what happens. Hmm. But I could also fail with telekinesis. Uh, telekinesis. Six, yeah, telekinesis, that's the same as it was the first time. 16 XP to telekinesis. Just mentally push it to the side and squeeze past. Alright, keep going. Go east, go south, and then east a bit. Now north a bit. Alright, another one of those deadly orbs. And telekinesis once more. And it succeeded. 16 XP to telekinesis. And it flares and disappears. Okay. We seem to be get, finally getting to the end of the passage. Or at least this part of the passage. I mean, who knows? There could be more doors and more stairs and more corridors. Alright. Go north to the very end. As you approach the end of the pa passage, a faint but clearly discernible scraping sound reaches your ears. The shallow impressions against the west wall of the corridor presents itself, and you instinctively tuck yourself into it. As your eyes scour the room for any sign of the subject you've been following. Okay, where did he go? Oh, must have flame teleported. But I would have noticed the little charred... I would have noticed the little charred... The little circle of charred ground if they'd flame teleported. After waiting for several moments with no clear view of the end of the hall, you cautiously creep forward until your eyes fall upon the stone wall. The wall ends the passage, and the shadowy figure standing before it. Alright, finally! Standing at the very end of the passage, facing you, is the world figure you began following the passage just outside the quarters. Your eyes are suddenly drawn to the floor behind the figure, upon which rests, rests a long, broad object with a tapered end. You strain your eyes to pierce the gloom, and your pulse begins to waste when you realise you're looking at the black, scaled tip of a serpent's tail. Despite having already encountered a pair of Tazora, the thought that the figure you've been training is also one of the vicious snake men Seems particularly unnerving, but it makes sense. They, Tazor, tend to not 
play nicely with others. Unless they're slaves. And even then, they usually just randomly kill them just to look cool. Or just because they're angry at this particular moment. Or to show a message. Or to terrify someone. Or just for the fun of it. The thick tip of the reptilian's tail moves slowly from side to side. Reproducing the faint scraping sound you heard only moments ago. Like the other tarsal, this one also appears to be at some point halfway between human and reptilian form. I know, why are you doing that? Go full reptile! Full reptile, my friend! Just, come on now. Then we'll have something in common. Not much, but a little bit. Alright, no, actually, stay human. Then, then we'll also have something in common. Or something like that, it's, it's difficult. As the initial shock of your surprising discovery fades, you watch with blated breath as the robed creature, his back still turned to you, removes a wide slab of stone close, stone loose from the wall end of the passage. And you then hear what sounds like something being slid across the stone, followed by the grating of the slab being pushed back into place. Something has just been placed in the wall. Without warning, the road figure turns around, and for the first time, see the broad tip of reptilian snout and two brilliant silvered yellow eyes that narrow even further as they attempt to pierce deep gloom. The deep gloom that lurks all along the last length of passage. You press yourself further back again against the wall inside the small nook, praying the impression is deep enough to conceal you. Suddenly, a loud war erupts from the end of the passage and a column of crimson flame rises up from the floor and consumes the world tassel. A moment later, the flames have vanished, leaving only a charred mark on the floor where the vile creature once stood. Yep, yep, he uses flame teleport too. Because everybody knows flame teleport except me! No, I want to know the flame teleport. It's no fair. It could save me so much time. Even it does probably hurt like heck. For several minutes you remain pressed into the small nook, watching and listening for any sign of the return of the woed figure. When it becomes apparent you are at last alone, you steal out the impression that concealed you and move up to the end of the passage. The loose stone that the figure removed is easy, is easy to stir amongst the others to make up the wall, and you quickly pull it out revealing a small hollow behind which behind it, it contains a worn leather bag. I get I guess after all these passages and traps you just stop putting that much effort into hiding the brick. You retrieve the bag, eagerly open it, hoping at the last find some answers to the strange business as it brought you down to the depths of the keep this night. You are somewhat surprised to discover the bag contains a half dozen charred scrolls. Oh, this these must be the remains of the remains of the thing the book the remains of the copy of the copy of the of the copy of the book that they were trying to study and presumably they've got everything they can from these bits and so have now charred it. They've burnt it, but not completely burnt it. Which seems odd. 
when they have when they are so good with fire. You think they could? You think they could just char it to ash and then it would be completely and utterly unidentifiable? Because ash is ash. I mean, maybe if you had some incredibly complicated complicated analysis, you might be able to go, oh yeah, some of this ash used to be ink. But that's probably the limit of what you could do unless you had some sort of weird magic. Bad thing is half a dozen charred scrolls. You quickly examine the charred scrolls and the shops will discover each is covered in strange, intricate symbols. The very sort of symbols that fill the leather-bound journal we discovered in the Five Knots Inn of Merksprawl. Alright, so we got these journals. We've no, we know Thane Mazabak has one of these journals. I have one of these journals, or a copy of the journals. It's somewhat hard to tell. When attempting to contemplate the meaning of what you come across, a sudden noise to a white startles you. You troll in the direction of sound, dropping the charred scrolls in the process. There, in the shadowy corner, of the end of the passage, stands a cloaked figure you followed into the corridor, now fully human in form. Oh, come on, you don't have to do that. The hooded figure steps forward, though not close enough for you to make out the face in the gloom and a wasping and perhaps disguised voice addresses you in a tone that contains, that portrays bitter contempt. A thief in the net prowls these halls, growls the figure. Your meddling is tiresome, unappreciated, and at long last over, before you can react to the unsettling development. The figure rises his white arm, and makes a throwing open with motion with his open hand. A splattering of what appears to be blood strikes the floor before him, and almost immediately a reef of fire springs up around the sullied area. Oh, blood magic. Nothing good comes of blood magic. A chilling hiss fills the air as the broad, angled head and the thick neck of a massive, Black-scaled serpent rises out of the flaming ring. Yeah, 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 those Tezzle, they always like summoning giant snakes. And being giant snakes. So it goes with their theme. The massive serpent continues to rise out of the wing of fire, hissing viciously as it stretches wide its fang jaws. A fiery glow suddenly envelops the snake's head, and before he can react, a blast of fire erupts from its mouth and strikes the wall behind you, coming within only a few inches of your right side. And it also breathes fire! The serpent closes its mouth, then starts to stretch. Stretch it open again, apparently preparing to unleash another deadly blast of flame. Then, unpredictably, the fearsome beast slithers rapidly towards you. Your every instinct screams at you to flee from this creature. Now, normally, normally I would do that. But I have an admit, I am much, much stronger than anyone could conceivably be when this quest was first designed. So I might actually stand a chance. Hold your ground and face the fire-breathing serpent. The massive serpent rears back, hissing loudly, 
as he prepares to strike at you with his deadly fangs. Faint traces of smoke linger around the edges of the creature's fearsome door jaws. It's a demon serpent. Now, because because Sir Crokington is so overpowered at this point, having about a year worth of special seasonal event items powering powering her up, she actually stands a chance. The fire-breathing demon serpent strikes it with its deadly fangs. Now, it still has an absurd, and I mean absurd, amount of health. I mean, it means absurd. I'm, I'm doing... We're talking thousands here. All right. Oh, but a sudden barrage of energy overtakes you, and you lay a barrage of impossibly swift blows upon your enemy. Alright, just going to keep going. You're engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack for 18 damage. Alright, I'm just going to keep bashing. I'll probably have to use the quick stone as well. And even that might not be enough. Looks like it might not be. Alright. Flames of your enemy's attack for 11 damage, and then 24 damage, and then 27 damage. All right, one more blow, and then I'm going to have to heal. Okay, I've got to heal now. Quickstone. Alright, just can keep bashing it. Bash, 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 bash. Bashity, bash, 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 bash. Hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing, heal me up. Hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing, heal me up. Yeah, that, that, the hand of healing can get me healed faster then it can hurt me. And I can only try that because I have such an absurd Neville Reserve pool. And I mean, really is. It's an absurd amount. Aggressive. Keep fighting aggressively. Alright, it's more than halfway down now, so I think I might just be able to finish it off. Hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing. It's at 40%. Okay, we've got, we're getting 100, 160 rounds. This is a ridiculously tough fight. It's not... I think when it was originally put out, it wasn't something you were supposed to win. But he put in that option anyway. Just in case, you know, for Uber donators, mainly. Those were the people that could actually handle it. Or people taking it way, way later. Like good old Sir Crokington. Alright, 10% left now. 8%. Hand of healing, 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 hand of healing. Alright, it's got 5% health left, and I've used up all my Neville Reserve, alright? Quickstone. Alright. I have no more reserves left. It's at 1%. And it is slain. 269 XP. The corpse of the shadowy serpent shimmers brightly for a moment and then vanishes. Suddenly another vicious hiss fills the air and you spin in the direction of the sound. Much to your horror, a second and even larger 
black-scaled serpent is emerging from the wing of fire. With no desire to face a second of these massive snakes, because I have no Neville Reserve and no Quickstones left, I would not stand a chance. You decide the time has come to flee for your life. You turn and take flight along the gloomy corridor, hoping you are to outdistance the fearsome, fire-breathing serpent now rapidly slithering along the passage behind you. Well, good job those traps have already disappeared, because otherwise this fleeing would be a lot harder. But also, admittedly, the snake could have problems with it too. You made about a quarter of the way back to the stairs that will lead you up and out of the lower level when a quick glance over your shoulder reveals the shadowy serpent is rapidly gaining on you. Thin wisps of flame seep out from around the edge of the reptile's massive jaws, illuminating almost the entirety of the passage in short, staggered bursts. Despite the growing pain stabbing through your legs and lungs, the sound of the serpent's scales sliding across the stone floor drives you to pick up on pick up in an attempt to put an even greater distance between yourself and the deadly creature. Picking a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from agility, 20 from body, 10 from spirit. And that's as good as it's ever going to get. At least until someone fit, at least until the game figures out a way to waste stats, those stats above 20. But I think that's quite a ways off. And you've got to get 50 or more. Pick now. So I was guaranteed success. 112, success. The tips of the flames hurtling from the gaping wall of the approaching serpent brush along your pat, across your back, forcing you to stifle a painful cry as you redouble your effort to outdistance the shadowy reptile. You've made it just about halfway back to the stairs that will lead you up and out of the lower level when a quick glance over your shoulder reveals the shadowy serpent is rapidly gaining on you. Thin wisps of flame seep out from around the edges of the wet, hideous reptile's vast massive jaws, illuminating almost the entirety of the passage in short, staggered bursts. Despite the growing pain stabbing through your legs and lungs, the sound of the serpent's scales sliding across the stone floor drives you to pick up, pick up the pace in an attempt to put an even greater distance between yourself and the deadly creature. Picking a number, bonus of 50. Same as before, but I've got to get 55 now. Because I'm weaker and the snake is angrier. Pick now. 93 success. The tips of the flames hurtling from your from the gaping maw of the approaching serpent brush across your back, forcing you to stifle a painful cry as you redouble your effort to outdistance the shadowy reptile. You've made it nearly three quarters of the way back to the stairs that will lead you up and out of the lower level when a quick glance over your shoulder reveals the shadowy serpent is rapidly gaining on you. Thin wisps of flame seep out from around the edges of the hideous reptile's massive jaws, illuminating almost the entirety of the passage in short, staggered bursts. Despite the growing pain stabbing through your lungs and legs, the sound of the serpent's scales sliding across the stone floor drives you to pick up your pace in an attempt to put an even greater distance between yourself and the deadly creature. Same trick again, but this time I've got to get 60. Pick now. 146. Success. That's as pretty much as good as it could have gone. But the fl- tips of the fl- flame hurt. 
hurtling from the gaping maw of the approaching serpent, still brush against your back, forcing you to stifle a painful cry as you redouble your effort to outdistance the shadowy reptile. Out of breath and with your legs spent, you reach the jaw at the end of the long corridor, which is thankfully still ajar, and hurriedly pull it, pull it fully open. You rush through into the widening stairwell, stairwell beyond, pulling the door closed behind you. Less than a split second later, the weighty slab of oak is violently rattled by a powerful blast of flame, the flingering tips of which poke through the gaps in the ancient decaying timbers. Silence follows the blast, and after nearly a minute, you cautiously open a crack and peer out along the passage. There is no longer any sign of the shadowy serpent. I guess they just don't like stairs. Yeah, that's it. Giant fire-breathing snakes. Don't like snares. They just don't like them. Believe that the horrid beast is gone, but with no desire to remain here even a moment longer, you turn and rush up into the spiralling stairs. You listen to the door at the top of the stairs for several minutes. Only when you're absolutely certain the passage on the other side is empty do you keep it open and make your way back to the keep's main level. You do not immediately return to your quarters, but instead move cautiously through the many passages of the keep's main level, ever weary for the first sign of potential dangers. The first few guardsmen you pass on your lonely trek recognise and greet you, seeming to pay little mind to any possible motives for your late night wandering. After a while, largely convinced that any Im- immediate peril has passed, growing more and more wary with every step. You make your way back to your quarters and settle down for what proves to be the sleepless remainder of the night. As you wait, eat eagerly for the morning's first light, your mind is filled with a dizzying array of thoughts related to the night's events. The robed figure, Pounir Tazazel, and the two Tazar you encountered in the lower passage. The charred scrolls hidden in the wall at the end of the winding corridor. And certainly not least, the shadowy, fire-breathing serpent that nearly pursued you to your doom. You're presently uncertain as to what all this points to, but you're confident it's only the first hint of a batter both secretive and sinister. And perhaps most disheartening of all, you have no idea who you can and cannot trust within the walls of the fortress. You realise that the best cause of action is to add nothing of what you discovered to anyone. At least for now. Not even Thane Pond. As the day's first pallid stream of light pokes through the lone, narrow window set to the east wall of the chamber, you find yourself never having been more appreciative of the night of the arrival of dawn. And that ends this adventure. With 512 experience to general. And I guess that's enough for today. Next time we'll go to th- we'll go to Thrakir and help him with some of the more regular heroism. Good old goblin fighting. You know, the thing that was on the brochure. Fight goblins! Glory of the kingdom and all that. They they kind of don't where they try to recruit people to Sangard, they don't mention all the intrigue and snake men. Just, you know, goblin fighting. An incredible wealth.
But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.